God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. Child. For some reason, when I hear the name Isis, I cannot help but think of the music group. You remember the song, if I can't have you, I'll just be single for the rest of my life. One day, let me tell you what's going to happen one day. One day, y'all are going to appreciate my vocals. When I am standing on a stage somewhere getting a Grammy, I just want to say the delegation started it off. It might not be today, but one day, okay? Until then, I'm just going to keep on faith in it till I make it. I wonder if I can get Isis to do a duet with me. I mean, I heard she's embracing a like, just get it done attitude this year um I don't know she probably I probably won't bring that up I'm gonna wait for her to warm up to me maybe next podcast let's check in with her though I have a feeling this is going to be one that really helps you no matter what area of life you are trying to develop and evolve in hi Isis hello how are you I am absolutely amazed I'm doing really good. Really? Okay. I want to hear more about this really good. What's happening in your world? Yes. So, uh, Pastor Sarah, Sister Sarah, Auntie <laughs> Sarah, I don't, I just, whatever. I have just manifested, whatever. <laughs> I have manifested <laughs> meeting you at some point. Like, <laughs> so this is, it's just such a, it's such a blessing. I have been trying to catch, um, just the woman evolve, you know, live and get to the conference and just, you know, COVID has been such a hater. Yeah. Um, so this is just, this is such a moment. So I'm, I'm really doing absolutely good. Okay. So you have to tell me, when did you first hear about the movement? Like, how did you come to know woman evolve? Oh, man. So you actually came to a women's conference in Connecticut a while back. Yes. I think you were actually pregnant at the time. And so this is how I caught wind of you. And I was like, oh, she is phenomenal, like in such a vessel. And so since then, I've just been following you. And so I think really once the delegation got started, I was like there from the beginning with just all of it and really into it. So, yeah, it's been some time. Well, thank you. Thank you for plugging into the movement and for reaching out to be a co-host. I think we're going to have a really great episode. So let's get this thing started. I have a question for you, Isis. If okay. you had to define your journey of being a woman who has evolved, where did you start and where are you now? Ooh, um, where did I start? I feel like I started as soon as I graduated high school and life just came in <laughs> and did some stuff. Um So my evolving started through my 20s and I I feel like where I am now, I'm just starting to feel grounded. I'm just starting to feel like I have some 
stability and just who I am as a woman and who I'm becoming and as far as I have come. Um, but yeah, it's the twenties was, it was some growing time. Some rocks <laughs> were being thrown. Do you mind me asking how old you are? I am 32. Okay. Yes. I feel like, so when I turn 30, everyone makes it seem like you turn 30 and like the thirties are your year and you finally get it together. And so I was waiting for like this moment to hit me like on my 30th birthday. But now that I'm a little deeper into my thirties, I feel all of those things. Like I feel the seeds of all of those things that people were saying, but it took a minute for me to like shake off the radical revolution evolution ratchetness of my 20s my 20s were (laughs) raggedy yes what was the most raggiest thing you did in your 20s oh man wow I'm almost like there's there's several things (laughs) Um, so many I think I think for one um I was a hard like person going out like the club scene, just trying to keep that whole balance and everything. Um, I love dancing. So yeah, those were some of my most uh, ratchet days where like God really had to be like, okay, now I got to pull you out of this scene because it's coming with other stuff. (laughs) Um, But yeah, those, (laughs) those were some moments. I feel like the raggediest part of my 20s was the season in which I literally smoked weed every day like a rapper. I used to like pride myself on like rolling the best blunts. Like you can still see the line in the blunt. Like, listen, let me tell you something. If y'all think she put them sermons together, the blunt, she used to roll them things so tight that you could not tell unless you looked down the middle what they was rolled with. It looked like they still came out the swisher pack. And you know what? Every day you could not tell me I was not Snoop Dogg's like alter ego somewhere I was giving him a run for his money <laughs> see and that the funny part is is so I more so aside with the drinking part of it yeah. I, I can't I can't smoke for nothing my friends would always be like okay because you're coughing <laughs> everywhere it's Stop, you're ruining it you're like, ruining <laughs> COVID, yeah I was I was like that friend I was just like this isn't for you this is not for you and I was like okay all right <laughs> But God, let me tell you. So at what point did you go from, okay, like 20s, you got to let me go. 30s, like, you know what? Like this woman, I need to lay hold of her. I need to grab her. How did that happen? Yeah, so um, during that time, I had my son at 21. And even though that's like your adult age, you're still not old enough to technically rent a car without an adult. So was I really grown um, or faking it? But when I had my son, I think there were just things I started to realize that set me apart from my friends who were single and didn't have kids that I needed to be this stable person for my son. I needed to be more consistent and more present. Um, I was also during that time in my undergrad year and I was, I'm so serious about school and just education. So with that, I just, you know, was like, God, you, you have to take this away from me because I am tempted way too easy. And so it really was just me just like, you know, you have to help me raise this child. Um, and so I started just getting more serious with that in my relationship, growing with God even more, because I knew 
that it was him who had to really just be the anchor in my life for me to be able to support this child. I always say that my son was such a gift to me. I had him as a teenager and we had to work through all of the unexpected feelings and emotions when someone has a child as a teenager. But his life was a gift to me in that it really gave me a sense of needing to be anchored and stable at a very early age. Now, I still had moments, of course, where I was out here doing whatever, but I had my limits. Like he created a limit for me where I was like, there are some things you literally cannot do. And so when they say that babies are a blessing, I mean, it is so true because at the end of the day, if it weren't for him, there's no way I'd be the woman I am today because he was the thing that grounded me. Yes. How old is your son? Yeah, that's how that's how I about my son. What was that? I said, how old is your son? He is 11. 11. That's an interesting age. What is it like for you to be a young mom who you're expecting now? Yes. Yes, I am. Okay, so you're a young mom with an 11-year-old and you're expecting, like, how is that age gap doing pregnancy? I don't know if you had any children in between then, but, like, is this, like, a thing for you? Yeah, so I am in a blended family. Um, My husband has three daughters, and then I have my son. Um, And so this is actually going to be my husband and I first child together. Um, we've been married for five years and the age gaps in general is just crazy. Like our oldest is getting ready to turn 18 in January. Then we have a 15 year old. Then the youngest daughter is 12. And then my son is 11. And now some reason we started, Mm -hmm. we pressed restart and it's just like, (laughs) baby, you know, um, And I think managing all of it, because, you know, when you think about it, it's like I'm 32. When I think about I was just 18, you know, a couple of years ago. For sure. Right. And then going through that timeline, it's amazing one to see myself again, just making certain mistakes. Um, And then it's also a blessing to be able to be someone who kind of sees why I went through the things that I went through as I'm present in these girls' lives and I'm able to walk through, walk them through certain stages or just be more understanding um, in regards to just what they're going through and everything. And even with my son now, um, because he's, he's the only boy in the house right now, even with that, just seeing him growing and how he's been able to adjust and transition to this blended family. So we we work together and it's been something else. And, you know, I think that this baby might be just it would probably be the last one. <laughs> it's a big family. <laughs> Listen, well, you still need one more in order to be equal with me because we're six strong in our blended family. And it is it is quite the journey. In many ways, I felt like when I had my daughter with my husband, that it was like starting over like it was almost like I felt like I was being becoming a mom again for the first time because I was becoming Mm -hmm. a mom with all of this like knowledge and wisdom that I didn't have when I was last pregnant at you know 21 with my daughter do you feel that same way I do because for one a lot has changed when it just comes to technology and baby stuff I was like walking down the aisle and like target and everything was like I I did this wasn't out just 
when I had my son 11 years ago, but okay. Um, but also because it's a different experience all around, you know, my child's father and I, we didn't work out. So I was a single mom and now doing this, it feels like the beginning and just a refreshing beginning at that. Um, just because I get to experience certain things with my husband in this pregnancy that I didn't get the opportunity to experience before, but there is this fear in starting over, um, at this age and not because I think I'm like too old to have kids or anything like that. But I think there's this fear where it's kind of just like, man, it's been 11 years. I kept my son alive for 11 years and now there's another child Mm -hmm. and all right, God, do it again, work your magic again. But it's so amazing to have partnership this time in marriage. Um, And it's almost like God is giving me what I wanted the first time for my son. Mm, That gave me chills because that's exactly what I wanted to ask you next. Like when you compare and contrast your first experience to this experience, are you able to allow this experience to like heal and restore maybe some of the brokenness or just the unfulfilled desires that you had in the first experience? Absolutely. Because I think a lot of times, especially as women, it's not like we wake up and say, oh, I want to be a single mother. I want this struggle. You know, I want to wake up in the middle of the night by myself. And so I would always envision just with my son, how unfair it was. And even just how it made me feel as a parent, just I also played a part in bringing him into this situation where we have to struggle or he doesn't necessarily have that support. So in this season now, it really gives me a chance one to see that God can do it. um, And that it's just like a full turnaround and to see how he's doing it. And to see that even though I was a single mom that like, Hey, look where you are now, look where I bought you from. And now look how I'm abundantly blessing you even in this moment right now. So it definitely is mending those places that I felt like I wouldn't get the opportunity to have this. I love how carbs can make everything all right. Need a break, but no time for a vacation? Eat carbs. Celebrating exciting news? Eat carbs. But you know who doesn't love carbs as much as I do? My waistline. For years, giving up carbs has been difficult, but with the help of Noom, my relationship with carbs has gotten better. Noom uses a psychology-based approach to help us change our mindset for good without demanding a whole new lifestyle. I like how easy the Noom app is to use and how the program is customized to my personal goals. Join me and start building better habits for healthier long-term results. Sign up for your trial at noom.com slash evolve. That's n-o-o-m dot com slash evolve. Take the stress out of evolving your health and become empowered with Noom and their cognitive behavioral approach, focusing on the why instead of the what as you change your relationship with food. You don't even have to make a drastic change to your lifestyle and all you need is 10 minutes a day. Start your trial today at noom.com slash evolve. 
Let's talk about blending a family because as a, a young woman who's starting this new ch chapter of your family story, can we go back a few chapters and talk about what was it like blending a family and feeling like, I don't know whether or not your bonus daughters have their mom in their life, but how did you all set the tone for how you would blend your family? Yeah, so uh, one, it was hard. This is not for the faint heart. Yeah. Um, I know Will and Jada make it look real cute sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but there were times I was like, God, is this really what I want? Like, do you know yeah. this is really what I want for my life? I know you say that you know what's in my heart. <laughs> like, does my heart really desire this right here? Um, and the girl, like I, my I, our daughters, their mom is very much in their life. So in blending that, there were definitely a lot of boundaries that we had to put in place um, and just respect for each other, you know, going into a relationship. And I remember I did like this blending step families group and something was said that stuck out to me so much, which is you don't realize that when you marry someone with kids, you're actually marrying the ex spouse. And so once I got that revelation. It was so much easier to also be like, wow, so technically your family too. Yeah. Um, so we have to figure out how this is going to work and how this is going to work for the kids. The girls attached to me really quickly. And that was really nice. I know everyone doesn't get that opportunity, but trying to co-parent was hard because, you know, you also have the other person that wants to make sure that their position is known. And so I think once we worked through those muddy things and my husband had a lot of involvement in that as well. And thank God for him because he had to go between two women just yeah. that were like alpha females, just like, well, what are we going to do then? You know, <laughs> like, <laughs> but he was able to navigate that. And just over the years, we're like in a group family group text message now. You know, we always talk about the kids. Anytime there's something new or we're doing something, we have like a Zoom call that we do together. So again, it just shows that with practice and patience, it can work. And if you all have a certain understanding of each other's boundaries, then you can make this happen. So it's been challenging, but it's something that it's been worth me seeing like, okay, God, you're working this out. Because in the beginning, I was just like, I'm, I'm out. We're not going to do this. Yeah. You, when blending a family with a person who has children, that person is key to making sure that the family can blend. If that person doesn't mm -hmm. have a healthy parent with the co-parent or the ex, then it's going to be challenging for whoever comes into that unit to have a healthy relationship as well. So it's really important when you consider blending a family, how that person is presently engaging with who will become, you know, the co-parent to your stepchildren, because at the end of the day, they are going to have to go back and forth. They are going to have to communicate things until a good rhythm is established. And it sounds like your husband was able to do that. My husband was the same exact way when we first got married. Like there was tension, there was awkwardness. No one knew where they fit, but he was very diligent about like, here are the boundaries. This is what we're doing with the children. Like, and I've tried to be respectful as well. She was respectful, but it's still awkward. Like you can have the most right. amazing co-parent situation ever. I just cannot 
believe you if you don't tell me there weren't moments of like awkward tension. Can I say that? Oh, Is this out of my lane? And like having, oh gosh, surviving those awkward moments for the sake of family when it's not someone who you're actually doing life with every single day is like where you have to have your mind expanded. Uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, and there's a couple of times like, you know, it's like that Eve moment where like, you know better, but you don't do better. Right, right. Like we, we both are petty. So it would be like <laughs> kind of that thing where my husband would have to step in because he knows neither one of us are going to be the bigger person in this situation, <laughs> you know? Um, and so those would be those moments where it's just like, ah, now, you know, you got to see each other, right? Because one of the kids is having like a birthday party, uh, graduation. Yes. All of the things (laughs) like here we are. (laughs) And it's so funny because me and her actually had gotten to like an argument one time. And then right after it was like one of the girls, eighth grade graduation. And so like we showed up and it was kind of just like, hi, hi. (laughs) And then we just like walked our separate ways. And it was just, it was so awkward. But when we think about it, it's really just because, we all love the kids. We just know that we felt that we wanted to be respected as well, you know? And so once we were able to acknowledge that, we gained the mutual respect for each other. Do you think it's hard to blend a family because it requires us dismantling this idea of what family looks like or what we thought our family would look like? Like we saw one husband, one father, one wife, one mother. We didn't see all these extra players and like the exes and all of that. We just thought when we got married, that was going to be it. And then when you blend a family, you have to make room for this other person and resist the natural urge to just kind of be like, I wish it was just us because it would be less drama. But once you expand your view, I feel like there is so much value that the co-parents can add to the situation. But it's hard because it does feel very territorial when you have to include someone in your family picture that you weren't expecting to have in there at all. Exactly. And it's like this personality that you have to get to know outside of the person who you chose to marry personality, you know? So it was kind of one of those things where I made space for my husband. I made space for, you know, his kids. I didn't see myself making space for this ex person. And then this ex person also has another person. So now when you make space for them and now for their spouse, and so it can take a lot of energy from you, but it does also dismantle this like fantasy that I think a lot of us have when it comes to us putting families together. We don't think about that. I know a lot of my friends, when they talk, a lot of them often say, like, I couldn't do it. You know, I, didn't, I don't see myself marrying someone with kids or marrying someone who's been in a previous like marriage or something. But it's almost becoming the new era of a new family. Yeah. Like, it's almost hard to find a family that's not blended in some form. As an entrepreneur, there's an art to improving your customer's experience without overspending your budget, especially when it comes to shipping. 
Increase your productivity and ship your products with ShipStation, the number one shipping software for e-commerce sellers. With ShipStation, you can automate just about any shipping task and ship with any carrier using ShipStation's deeply discounted rates. Just use my offer code EVOLVE to get a 60-day free trial. That's two months free of no-hassle, stress-free shipping. With ShipStation, small businesses can now access the same rates that are usually reserved for Fortune 500 companies without contracts or commitments. Ship more in less time. Let's go to ShipStation.com, click the microphone at the top of the page, and type in EVOLVE. That's ShipStation.com, enter offer code EVOLVE. Now, make ship happen. It's so funny because our oldest daughter is about to get married and even with her joining her life to someone else, like I realized like marriage in itself is blending a family because they're having to like take into account the different cultures of the family, the different communication styles, the different boundaries or lack of boundaries. And that in itself is blending a family. So that I think that thing that makes marriage hard is the fact that you're blending two different cultures and two different styles is the same thing that makes literally building a family difficult. What has been like, or did you have, have a defining moment where you were like, okay, I can't be Eve and uh, survive. Like I can't be Eve and this marriage work and the children work. And did you, was it a defining moment? And if so, what was it? Yeah. So the, our middle child has, um, she has some challenges and, uh, some things came with her in a sense that I think neither households expected. Um, in regards to just her behavior. And there was just this moment where I realized we're working against each other and it's really not benefiting the situation. So how can we come together to give this child support and support one another in each other's household when these things are going on and everything? So there came this moment where I think we both had to look at the situation and say, like, hey, Here's why we're here. Here's what I'm looking for. What do you need so you can feel respected? What are your mm. boundaries? What's going to work for your household? Here's what's going to work for ours. And we really had to be okay with having difficult conversations and working through that muddy awkwardness, those sense of feelings petty, like it, you could tell that it's coming up. But then you're kind of just like, why is this? And it's really because you want to feel heard or you feel like your feelings are hurt. And once you realize like that's really what it is, we kind of just address the elephant in the room. And so it was really a turning point for us to realize like, hey, when we speak to each other, let's not say this or let's be mindful of this. Or instead of sending something through text message or email, let's pick up the phone. And we started picking up the phone more and having yeah. those conversations. And now for us, it's just something that has been working. We let God handle the rest of it. Man, could because what you will say over the phone versus what you will say via text are two completely different things. I hear you telling me that you became vulnerable to your partner's ex for the sake of blending the family healthy. Yes. That's yes. a lot of trust to give um, that person. It is. It is. And what's so interesting is also seeing how much me and this person has in common. Yeah. You know, like I think for both of us, it was kind of like that, too. Like 
we probably would have been best friends. We probably would have been homegirls <laughs> if it wasn't for the situation right here, you know? So there was that part too. Um, but yeah, I did. I, I became vulnerable and she became vulnerable as well. And I think we both were able to just create a safe space. So how do you feel that that has affected the girls? Do you see a change in them from the time that things were fragile to the way that they've been strengthened now? Absolutely. They're more comfortable. They're more comfortable in being able to speak to one of us in front of each other. Mm. They're more comfortable to share certain experiences that maybe they've had with one with the other person. Um, And also because they see now that there's so much communication before when there wasn't, you can tell even they didn't know what to do. They were even confused. And so once we saw that we started working together more, they actually started helping with that transition almost. Um, And so it's been really nice to just even see them like they're no longer surprised if it's just like, Hey, so I spoke to your mom or like, Hey, so Mm. I talked to your stepmom, you know, they're not shocked when it comes to that. They expect that because we're in communication that they know we're going to all work together. So it's been a nice adjustment for them. And I think it's even taken stress off of them as well, because I can only imagine as children, like you love both sides. But also knowing that their loyalty is going to be to that biological parent. And so it was also hard for them to just feel like, oh man, like we want to love you, but we're kind of nervous because if we do, we also don't want mom to feel left out. So now that they see that they don't have to choose a side, you know, they don't have to get caught up in the middle of things that they don't need to, or that's unnecessary. They have also been able to just be more comfortable in growing their relationship with both parties. That is some real grown woman stuff right there. That's the kind of grown woman stuff that it takes. Some people never learn that lesson or it takes quite a bit of time and the kids are damaged in the process. Now that you've kind of got that settled, like your home life is settled and situated, you've got a good rhythm there. When you look at your life five, 10 years down the road, what is your dream for yourself as a woman outside of your family, outside of maybe your marriage? Like what is your own personal dream for yourself? Oh, man, I feel like that's where I am trying to be more vulnerable in. I I run from this thing that I know God is calling me for, which is really to put myself out there and be more vulnerable to women, to share my testimony and share my story. I'm someone who I'll say like, oh, I really don't like talking in front of people. But the truth is, is I do like, and I don't think God has put me through the things that he's put me through for me to just be silent and sit still. So really what I envision for myself is really just being able to be a safe space for a lot of women to come and share in their most authentic self. Because I think a lot of times we hold on to depression. We hold on to just a lot of stuff that breaks us down physically, mentally, and emotionally, because we feel like We don't have a place where we can talk about it and share it and feel like we're being heard and not being judged. So I really see myself creating just a space for women to come and be their true self and walk away with just knowing that God still loves them, regardless of what path they have taken, no matter how far they strayed away. 
and being able to feel just good after being introduced to whatever, whether that's a conference, a book reading, a podcast, whatever. But I just want to create a safe space for people to go because I know that's what's been really for me, what I've needed to even be who I am is in those moments, taking those opportunities to talk about things that are icky or to hear stories like, yeah, girl, I was out there. And it's like, you were like, okay, so I'm not the only one. And this is why I'm broken. And someone still loves me and still married me. And, you know, um, it's a lot of us. So that's what I envision for, for my life. I need to just open up my mouth and stop being afraid. You just did it. It's a beautiful vision, one that I resonate with deeply. My prayer is that Woman Evolve provides, you know, in our corner of the world, that same thing for women, but that it also empowers other women to do the same. So to hear you say, you know, I am dismantling an identity that I've been hiding behind and stepping into the fullness of who I know I'm supposed to be. Maybe you're giving birth to more than just the baby. Maybe you're also birthing you. See now, I'm a teardropper. <laughs> tear I'm just saying, consider that. Consider that. That's amazing. That's a word. That's a word that I'll hold on to. Yeah. Well, I'm, and it's confirmation. Is it? Okay. It is. We're waiting on you. We need you. Sis, our friends at Skillshare are so committed to us learning something new every day that they're sponsoring this episode and they're giving us a one month free trial on Skillshare.com slash evolve. I've been in a season of increasing my productivity without burning out or having to sacrifice other areas of my life like family time or me time. I've been eyeing two productivity Skillshare classes that I know will help me accomplish this goal. Real Productivity, how to build habits that stick, and email productivity works smarter with your inbox because, oof, that inbox is stressing me out. Explore your creativity on Skillshare.com slash evolve and get a month free trial. All right, we have an advice question. I'm going to leave you alone. Okay. Can a man and woman have a successful relationship even if they go to separate churches, specifically non-denominational and Methodist? Is this considered being unequally yoked? How can you successfully be in a relationship with someone you love? They don't go to church as much as you do, but still love God. You want to kick it off? Wow, that had a lot in there. Um. So what I will say is that I do think it's possible to be in a relationship with someone that either goes to a separate church or maybe someone who has a strong belief system in God, but for whatever reason might have what a lot of people have potentially church hurt. And so they're struggling to bring themselves into the building. I think that when we stay unequally yoked, we're looking at situations where you have a belief And this person does not have that same belief whatsoever. There's no foundation. Um, So I think as long as you are with someone who is willing, one, to grow in that area, maybe it's not about 
bringing them to church, but bringing the church to them. Sometimes you might be that church. You might be that person that's bringing the word to them. Sometimes it might, you might be in that person's life to be a part of their healing process for whatever reason. So I do think that it is possible. I think that it takes having those hard conversations. I think it takes both being able to be in agreement with each other. I think sometimes we say that we accept something and we really don't. And then later it comes up and we feel like we've been played, but we have to be truthful and have those conversations and make sure that we really see, you know, we really see and we're really in agreement with what this decision is going to be based on, are we going to church together? Are we not? So if we don't go to church, then what are we going to do? Do we have Bible study here instead? Can we start reading scriptures together? What about praying? What if I start praying first and then maybe later on you can pray over dinner, but let's talk about it. I think that's You know, great. it starts at home. I think that's great, Isis. And I'm th- I, everything that Isis said, and I would just add, I think you're asking in a way the wrong question because I just like Isis said, yes, it's definitely possible. And with communication, you can work things out. But what you should really ask yourself is, can you be in a relationship with someone who shares a different faith or a different system of belief or a different take on spirituality or they don't go to church as much? That is such a personal question because to be uneven equally yoked means that you have to first understand what is your equal? What is your capacity? What do you need the other person to have? And so you have to ask yourself, can I be in a relationship with someone who doesn't go to church as much as I do? Is church such an integral part of my identity that I need someone who I'm going to be with to share that with me? Those are the questions that you first need to ask yourself. And then you can qualify whether or not you can be in a relationship with that person. I have a feeling that if you're sending the question, there's a part of you that doesn't feel completely comfortable with it. Otherwise, we say, you know what, that's his life. I love him. We figured out we keeping it trucking. But I think there's a part of you that isn't quite sure that you can handle that. And I would lean into that and ask yourself some necessary questions so that you don't spend any unnecessary time with someone or so that you can finally come to a place where you're no longer accusing them or resentful of them because they don't show up in life the way that you do. That's my two cents. Okay, Isis. Before we go, I have to ask you, do you have any questions for me? Is there any way that I can serve you beyond the fact that I am going to be praying and pleading that you finally birth this connection point, this safe space for women? Yes. What was it that made you birth Woman Evolve? Like, what was that moment where you felt like, okay, I, I have to do this. And how did you start? Okay. Um, I had something to say and I knew, I knew I couldn't see who it was, but I knew that there was someone who was on the other end, right? I knew that it wasn't just something I needed to say to myself. It felt like this could be impactful for someone else. 
And the first thing I did that was Woman Evolve, I planned a conference because I felt like that was just the way to do it. But there was still a sense of urgency that was like, no, even before the conference, you need to start creating the safe space. And that's why I created the podcast, because I felt like I can just get on Facebook Live, turn on my laptop. We can hee hee ha ha talk about hot topics and help one another. But then I can serve them what I am learning about Eve and Mary and ourselves in the journey. And so I think I was sensitive to the fact that there was someone waiting on me to say it. And I just like, I just dove in. Like I ordered a podcast kit off Amazon. I opened up my laptop. Nobody knew I didn't have any like marketing or promotion. I'm like, this is the thing that we're going to do. And the more that people were attracted to it, the more I, you know, I was like, okay, you probably should get your life together. You should probably make things doll them up a little bit. You can't mix the podcast and shoot the podcast yourself. So things kind of be, uh, took on a life of their own. But I used what was available available to me and I started speaking to the people who were ready to listen uh, that were already just within earshot. That's amazing. You're, you're amazing. Thank you so much. We're going to let you have maternity you. leave and push this baby out. And then we're going to be waiting on our things. We want them. Yes, it is. It's so funny. I think the last thing for me is that it's almost like um, I put in the email when I wrote, when I emailed to even do this, because I was watching the podcast when it was on Facebook Live. And then I saw when you went over to when you transitioned over to doing it this way. And so I've been watching these podcasts, I've been listening to them, and I've been loving all the co hosts. And then something dropped in my spirit and was just like, Okay, so you're going to send an email. And I was just like, no, I'm not. <laughs> and then I remember your daughter said something from the conference and she was just like, you know, do it scared. Mm. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to do it scared. And so I have this thing where I'm just like, okay, God, if it's not for me, hide me. And he always does this little trick where it's just like he hides me, but like in plain sight. So when I got the email back, I didn't know whether to laugh or cry. And I remember hearing him going, Yep. And this is at your time where you're pregnant and you're pregnant with more than just a physical yeah. child. You are pregnant with your purpose. So I need you to get ready for a serious delivery. And I was just like, I'm going to do it. This is how we're starting off. You know, I came into January just like, what's the point? Like, I don't know. I wasn't excited about anything. So for this to be happening and happening in January, I'm just like confirmation all over again. So I really appreciate this opportunity. Okay, let me add one little more sprinkle of pressure and then I'm, I'm going to leave you alone, okay? okay. G give us your social media handle or any place that you have where we can contact you and the whole delegation can get behind supporting the vision that you're going to spring forth. Absolutely. So my personal social media is Goddess Free, G-A-H-D-E-S-S-F-R-I-I. -I. Um, but my empowerment motivational page is Gloss with Isis. It stands for Growing in Love, Opportunity, Success, and Serenity. So that's G-L-O-S-S -S with Isis, my name. 
and that's on Facebook and Instagram. And you can also email me. So it has already started. <laughs> Gloss with Isis has. has already begun. Okay. Gloss with Isis, yeah. ladies, you heard it here first. We're waiting on you. We're waiting, waiting to get even glossier with you. So thank you, Isis, for doing this with me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Take care of yourself and safe delivery. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Isis, you, my friend, were a delight to kick it with. So much to love about you. So much yet to bloom and blossom. And we cannot wait to be in your corner cheering you on every step of the way the co-host seat is still pretty warm but if you're down to fill it send us an email to podcast at womanevolve.com that happens to also be the same email address to send us advice questions i know you used to slide into my dms but now we fancy okay podcast at womanevolve.com send me your advice questions basically we want to stay connected with you somehow either help me try to help someone else or you can be on the receiving end of the help either way it's a delegation link up and you know what happens when we get together it's time to get out of here but i'll talk to you next week